Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. excited to teach you something today, but I, I need you to open your hearts. I need you to open your minds and, and to take in and grasp and embrace what I'm sharing with you today. Uh, uh, we declared that 2022 is the year that he's going to reveal his glory. Amen. That's, that's our theme for 2022. And I want to tell you that the glory of God isn't just a feeling. It's not an Old Testament event or an Old Testament experience, it's like I said a moment ago, it's a tidal wave of everything that God is and everything that God has. And I think it's good news that God wants to reveal that to us. And so uh, we've been saying this, but the word glory is kind of a churchy word, and sometimes we get excited about it, but we don't always exactly know what it means. Uh, in the Old Testament or the Old Covenant, the word glory meant the weight of a person. So in other words, the weight of a person would be, that's what they're most known for. That's their greatest characteristic. It would be the weight of a person. Uh, when we bring the word glory into the New Testament, we find that it means the opinion of someone or the estimation of someone. So when we're talking about the glory of God, we're talking about the weight of God. We're talking about the highest estimation of God. And, I'll, and I'm going to start teaching on this next week. But when we talk about the glory of God, we're talking about the goodness of God and the greatness of God. And when we say he wants to reveal his glory to you this year specifically, how many know it's exciting to know that God this year wants to reveal his greatness and his goodness to you in a whole new way? So on New Year's Eve, if you were with us, um, we, we taught a message called His Glory. Uh, God wants to reveal his glory. And then last week on Vision Sunday, we did a message called God wants to reveal his glory to you. And today I want to talk about the fact that God wants to reveal his glory in you. And so it's the year of his glory being revealed. And if you haven't yet, on your way out we have a, a gift for you. It's a journal. You can take notes this year. And there's some stickers. You saw the logo on, on the screen there. We, we have some stickers for you. So grab those on the way out. That's just a gift for you to stay connected. And especially as you pray and seek God this month, it's a good place to write down what God is speaking to you and what God's saying to you. So let's talk for the next few moments that God doesn't want to just reveal his glory. He doesn't want to just reveal it to you. But God wants to reveal his glory what? In you. And here, here's an awesome thing about God is God, when it comes to glory, he's looking for a place for his glory to dwell. And in the Old Testament, the glory of God dwelt in a building, in a temple, in an inner room called the Holy of Holies. That's where the glory of God would reside. When we come to the New Covenant, we found this out, that you and I are the temple of God. And God's glory wants to dwell, or you, you are the house of God's glory. You are the temple of God's glory, and inside of you in your spirit is the holiest of holy places. That's why the Bible says this, that the outside is wasting away, but on the inside you're being renewed and strengthened. How many know some, some of the outside squeaks a little bit more than it used to? But the inside of you is being renewed, and it's stronger than ever. That's where the glory of God dwells. That's where, that's where the glory of God is housed. So it's not just shout-worthy to say God wants to reveal his glory. It's not just shout-worthy to know he wants to reveal it in your direction. But what if I told you this morning that he actually wants to reveal his glory and manifest and house his glory in little old you? I want you to take your finger, point it at yourself, and, I, and say this. I believe, I believe the glory of God, glory of 
all that God is, all that God has, his greatness and his goodness is housed right here. Wow, doesn't that change everything? Well, well I, I know that's exciting, but I want to prove that to you with a passage of scripture this morning that, that I've referenced many times, but I want to teach on, on these few verses here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Look at someone and say, this is about to get good up in here. All right. Chapter 3, verse 16. But whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, look what it says. The veil is stripped off and taken away. Just realized I left my glasses in my car this morning. <laughs> the outside is wasting away, right? But the inside, I'm stronger, so I'm going to make it bigger on my page here. But whenever, how many of you ever had one of those whenever moments when you repented to the Lord? Look what the Bible says. The veil is stripped off and the veil is taken away. In other words, the moment that you were saved or born again, the spiritual blinders came off your eyes. Up until that point, your spirit was dead, and you had spiritual blinders on your eyes, spiritual blinders on your heart. You could not grasp, you could not see, you could not embrace the goodness of God, the greatness of God, or the glory of God. But the moment you got saved, God removed the spiritual blinders. Well, let's read on. So, but whenever that happened, now, don't you like the words? But whenever you repented, the spiritual blinders came off, and now, because of that, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is liberty. There is emancipation. This is the Amplified Classic. From bondage, and there is emancipation from bondage, and there is what? There is freedom. So when the spiritual blinders came off, guess what? The limits came off your life. The restrictions came off your life. Once those blinders were removed, now freedom reigns in your life. You are free to house the glory of God. You are free to see the glory of God. You are free to be the dwelling place for the goodness of God, the greatness of God. Now look at verse 18, and, so don't you like these words? But whenever, and now, and. That's just the way God works. So it's like, you know, the milkshake and the cherry on top. <laughs> but whenever... Now and, and all of us, that means all of us who've had the spiritual blinders removed, all of us with unveiled face, look what it says, because we continue to behold. Now there was a moment the veil was removed, the blinders were taking off, but now scripture is telling us to continue with that unveiled face to do something. We continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. I mean, when you look into the word of God, you see the glory of the Lord. So when you embrace Jesus and he became your savior, the blinders came off. There's a freedom on your life. Now you're free to really, really see, but you got to keep looking into the word of God. There was a moment of salvation, but it didn't stop there. It keeps getting greater and greater and greater as long as we keep staring into the word of God. Now look what it says. We behold in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and we are constantly being what? Transfigured into his very own image in an ever-increasing splendor. Isn't this a good verse? And we go from one degree of glory to what? Another degree of glory. This comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. 
So we get born again by looking at Jesus and embracing salvation, and the veil comes off, but it doesn't stop there. See, Jesus is the Word of God. We looked at him for salvation. Now we keep looking into the Word of God to do what? To be changed and grow and go from one level to the next, to the next, to the next, from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory to the next degree of glory. I have a good friend. Most of you have met him. His name is um, Pastor Steve Munns. And he says this phrase all the time. I'd like you to repeat it after me. He always says this, when a child of God, God. that's me, me. looks into the word of God, he is changed up. up. That was bad. You got to say it with some old Pentecostal preacher in you, right? Let's let's, let's start over. When a child of God, God. that's me, me. looks into the word of God, he is changed up. Into the image of God for the glory of God. I'm telling you, if you keep looking into the words of Jesus, you will be transformed. You will be changed. You were changed immediately at the moment of salvation because you looked to Jesus for your salvation. But we got to keep looking at Jesus, which is the word of God, and he'll keep changing us. And as we change, guess what happens? We keep elevating. So at the end of 2022, you should be elevated on a level that you haven't gone to yet. In a month from now, for me teaching on this topic of glory, you should be elevated to to the next level of glory at the end of this month, and so on, and so on, and so on. Thank you. I can see clearly now. Y'all look good. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So the glory of God is what God wants to reveal in you. So you, according to the scripture, there's a few things that you and I need to be responsible to do so God's glory is revealed in us. So God's glory is revealed in us as we are doing these three things. Are you ready? Life point number one, as you continue to stare. Everyone say stare. As you continue to stare... Guess what happens? You see the glory of God. You are changed and you are elevated. But you and I have to keep staring into the word of God. I want you to know why the army of God isn't as strong as it should be because we don't keep staring into the word of God. Yeah, we go from experience to experience and we know some things here, but you've got to keep looking into the word of God because when you do, you get revelation about who you are, what you have, who he is, and what he has. Everything God needs to have done for you, he has done, and he has downloaded it into you. You just need revelation of that. You don't need something extra that hasn't happened yet or come yet or has arrived yet. Everything Jesus did on the cross, that's why he said, it is finished, exclamation point. And when you embrace him as salvation, all of the glory of God, the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the power of God, the work of God, it is all resident in your spirit. You just got to keep getting revelation about it. So the one thing the devil does not want you to do is to stare into the words of Jesus. Because when you stare into the word of God, you get, aha, aha, wow, a God moment, a revelation moment. And you start seeing that you are greater on the inside than you are on the outside. You start seeing that greater is he that's in you than anything that's around you. You start seeing you're a conqueror. You're a champion, not a chump. You are, a, you are a conqueror. You're not defeated. You start seeing everything that God sees about you and says about you, and it changes everything. That's why the devil doesn't want you to stare into the word of God. 
Because it's important that you stare at the Word of God, look into the Word of God, and you do it frequently. So as you continue to stare into the Word of God, you're going to see the glory of God. Look at someone and say, that's good. What happens, though, is sometimes we let this law mentality stand in the way, and we don't see the goodness and grace of God. We go back to things being out of focus or not seeing things as clearly as God wants us to see them, just like I didn't see as clearly until I put these on. Well, I knew you were there, but you're a little bit blurry, especially those way back there. Well, I put these on and it brought everything into perspective. That's what the words of Jesus do. They bring everything into perspective in your life. So we need to continue to stare at the word of God without the veil. Without the veil of the law, without the veil. See, if you're just staring at the, with the veil, you're staring at your problems, you're fixating on your failures, you're fixating on your fears, you're fixating on your sins, but if you stare into the word of God without the veil, you see the potential of God in your life. Now, there's an absolute difference between gazing and glancing. I'm not encouraging you to glance into the word of God. I'm encouraging you to gaze into the word of God. And there's a difference. I looked up the definitions for you. If you're going to gaze at something, you're going to focus on something intentionally and steadily. I'm going to look at something with intention and I'm going to keep looking steadily. But a glance means that you do this. You look at something briefly or you look at something in a hurry. You don't dwell on it. You move on or you bounce off of it. So if I just glance at something, but if I gaze at something, the problem is some of us are just glancing at the word of God. We're gazing at the problems in the world and we're glancing at the word of God. How about we switch that? Let's gaze into the word of God. Let's gaze into the answers. Let's gaze into courage. Let's gaze into confidence. And let's just glance at the world around us. I want to encourage you, just glance at CNN, but gaze into the word of God. Just glance at Facebook, but gaze into the word of God. Just glance at Twitter, but gaze into the word of God. That's where it starts for us. The Bible says, now the spiritual blinders have been removed. Now that they have been removed, you are liberated to gaze into the word of God. And when you keep gazing into the word of God, some great things happen. But we have to make a commitment. That's why we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. I want you during this time to learn this year to gaze into the word of God. Remember that slogan we just read? When a child of God looks into the word of God, he is changed into the image of God for the glory of God. So at salvation, our spirit is changed. But we got to keep looking because our soul needs to change. Our flesh needs to change. So we see the glory of God being revealed in us when we continue to stare. And number two, when we constantly change. You cannot gaze into the words of Jesus. You cannot gaze into the word of God without changing. You can glance at the word of God and never change. But if you gaze into the word of God, you will always change. So we need to continue to stare and we need to constantly change. What if I said this to you? Whatever it is that you most frequently gaze at stamps itself on you. In other words, whatever you behold, you become. 
I keep beholding something, gazing at something, that's what I will most frequently become. For example, if I just keep looking at my sins and my outer self and my failures and everything that I am not, I become enslaved to that. I become enslaved to that. Because we reflect what we stare at. The Bible said we look into the word of God and it's like a mirror and it reflects back who God says we are. You keep looking in your mirror, glancing at the word, but you're gazing at your failures and your problems and your shortcomings. When I want to encourage you to switch things up and start gazing into the word of God. Start gazing to what the word says about you. You're forgiven. You're grace. You're free. You're a champion. You're a conqueror. You're healed. You're delivered. You're blessed. You're free. But you don't know that unless you gaze into the word of God. You need to gaze into the word of God so much so that you're so convinced what Jesus said about you that nobody or nothing else can change your mind. Sometimes we get obsessed with us because we're, we're looking at us and our problems. Sometimes we get obsessed with the devil because we're, we're watching the devil instead of just gazing into the word of God and finding out what he says about us. I'm preaching better than your amen in this morning. So the Bible says this, when we stare at the word of God, which we have to continue to stare, then we will start changing. We will start being altered. The Bible uses the word, you will be transformed and you will be transfigured. There will be a metamorphosis that happens. If you came to Jesus with a poverty mindset, if you keep staring into the word of God, it'll change your stinking thinking until you have a blessed mentality, you have a prosperous mentality. If you came to Jesus with, with a broke physical condition, you keep staring into the word of God, believing the word of God, you go from unhealthy to healthy. You can go from broke to wealthy. You can go from depressed to joyous. You can go from fearful to feeling loved. You can go from unbelief to being full of faith. But it only happens if you stare at the word of God. Not just on Sunday morning when we put it on the screen. But I mean Monday morning when you don't feel like it. When you open the word and stare into it a little bit. By Wednesday when you don't feel like that you are worth much. Or you don't feel, you feel like your problems are encircling you. Or you've been around people all week or watching things or hearing things. You've got to look into the word of God and say, this is the truth. And this truth will set you free. And the spirit of the Lord is on this. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, it will liberate you. It will liberate you from stinking thinking. It will liberate you from those thoughts and feelings and opinions. And, and whether no one has ever told you this or not, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you, and I will include myself in this statement, we need to change. There are opinions you have that need to change. There are thoughts you have that need to change. There are feelings you have that need to change. There are perspectives that you have that need to change. We all have them. And if we keep coming, staring into the world, the word of God, your, your perspective will change. Your attitude will change. Some of your attitudes need to change. I'm going over here. Some of their attitudes need to change. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I know you don't like to hear that, but it's the truth. Man, when we stare into the word of God, God starts talking to you. So you go to God talking about someone else. You go to God. He starts talking about you. Well, if they wouldn't, I tell you what, God, if you don't take them out, you start talking to God and God starts saying, let's work on your attitude. Let's work on your belief. Let's work on your thoughts. Man, if you keep staring into the word, guess what happens? You are changed into the image that God already saw you being. You are, you are altered into the image that he created you to be. 
Even before you breathed your first breath, he was writing some things in a book in heaven about you. And when God looks at you, he doesn't see the failures and the mistakes. He sees you with everything he created you for, to be, and to have. And you keep looking into the word of God, you might just get crazy enough to believe that what he said about you is actually accurate. You'll be changed. A metamorphosis will happen. An alteration will come. And here's what, that, here's what that verse literally means. That when you are changed and transfigured and transformed into his image, two things happen. His likeness happens and all that he has manifests in your life. That's a pretty good deal. That I am molded into the likeness that he created me to have, which is his image, and he will manifest in my life. If I keep staring at the word, the word will manifest. And when I say stare, that means you look at it, you embrace it, you believe it, you confess it, you say, I agree with it, and those things will begin to manifest in your life. Matter of fact, you can do that with anything you want to in your life, and it will manifest. Fear will manifest if you stare at the wrong things. Hatred will manifest if you stare at the wrong things. Depression will manifest if you stare at the wrong things. But man, if you stare at the word of God, the right things are going to manifest in your life. That doesn't mean you will never have a problem or a challenge. It just means you realize you're a champion over those things, a victor over those things. I'm telling you, if you walk around in this world, the image you will have of yourself is a victim. You look into the word of God, you'll realize I'm a victor. I am victorious. You, you can stare at a, at a diagnosis and get into fear, or you can stare at the healing diagnosis that God has about your life, make changes, let him alter you. You can stare at your bank account and get depressed, or you can stare into the Word of God, begin to obey and tithe and give, and watch, watch the Word of God begin to manifest in your life. Glory will manifest in your life. Anyone ever seen this happen in your life? Now, I want to challenge you with this, because we can all raise our hand and say, I've seen that in areas of my life, but I'm a firm believer that God wants to do that in every area of your life. He doesn't want your bank account to be to be loaded, but your physical bank account to be broken down. He doesn't want your body to feel good, but your mind to be messed up. Come on, he, come on, he doesn't want your attitude to be um, confident, but your joy to be empty. So you keep sharing God, God's, God's a whole package God. Now, it doesn't happen overnight. Don't you wish it did? You could just like, give it five minutes and whoom. Now that happened in your spirit when you were born again. But your mind, your mind is, is, is it, it, it's a tough thing. Because your mind's been downloaded with things ever since you were little. And your heart is messed up sometimes. So we got to keep going back to the word so your spirit man begins to dominate. So the Bible says this, he wants to reveal his glory in us. And how does that happen? We have to continue to stare at the word of God. Then we have to constantly change. He changes us. He molds us. And lastly, we have to consistently ascend. Consistently ascend. So when you come to him and you are saved and born again, you need to keep looking into the word of God. Continue to stare in the Word of God. You've got to open the Word of God, either on that smartphone or if you like the old school black and white print. However, you need to get that before your face and stare, and it'll start to change you, change you, alter you. I'm so glad that God doesn't leave us like he found us. He doesn't want to leave you how you left 21. 
By the time you get to the end of 22, my wife keeps saying this. She said, 2022 is for you. He wants to keep altering you and changing you. And How many of you, and I'll finish out this last point, how many of you, since you've started coming around here, God's done something really cool in your life. He's changed you. He's altered you. Well, I want to ask you to do something for me over the next few weeks. Um, you may have saw the camera set up in the foyer. It's for a big service we're doing at the end of January. Just stop in. I know some of you hate the camera. They'll help you out, right? Just give us a brief, a brief glory story of what God's done. They used to call them testimonies. This month, we're calling them glory stories. Just, they'll help you do it, but we want to use them for something at the end of the month. Maybe, maybe God's changed and healed you. Maybe he's blessed you. Maybe he set you free. Just stop in for a moment over the next couple of weeks, and they're going to catch that on camera. We're going to use that end of the month to give God the praise and glory that he deserves, right? Okay, back to my last point. If we stare into the word, we're changed, and then what happens is we start to ascend, or we start to elevate, or we consistently go from one degree of glory to the next. How many know that's exciting? Okay, but before you get too excited, I want to point out to you what the scripture actually says, because this is the most important thing I'm going to say to you all morning. That scripture in verse 18 does not say that you go from a mess to glory. What did it say? You go from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. Now, those first two points that I just shared with you were shout-worthy. But the last point, it is shout-worthy, but it's, it's so important that you have to get this. God wants us to go from one glorious place to another higher glorious place. But it doesn't say he takes us from mess to glory. Now, stick with me. We don't get promoted to the next realm of glory until the realm where we are presently living on gets glorious. Okay, I noticed the amens were quieter. Pastor, and go back to the fun points. Now, I'm going to read that to you again. We don't get promoted to the next realm of glory until the realm where we presently are living on is glorious. So either this realm that I'm on right now gets glorious or I get stuck. There's a difference. Have you ever felt stuck? Well, what God wants to do, if you keep staring into the word of God and let him change you, that realm will get glorious. But if we stop staring and we stop gazing, we can get stuck more than it's glorious. So I wrote this question down. Am I living in a glorious stage or am I stuck in an ugly, messy stage of my life? Before God takes you to the next realm of glory or the next level of glory in you, he has to make the level that you've been on glorious. So stick with me for a few moments because I'm seeing your faces and I know you're wondering where this is going. So I wrote this down. As we continue to gaze into the word of God, it reflects the glory of the Lord, transforming us into the image of God that we see in the word of God, and we can go from glory to glory. Our psalm says we go from strength to strength. But what about the level I'm on right now? I want to go to the next level, but I haven't seen this level get glorious yet. So we need to take care of business on this level so God can elevate us to the next level. You can keep staring at the word, and he'll, as you stare, I said he'll change you. He has to change this level because that gets us ready for the next level. 
Some of you want to go to the next level, but we haven't finished this level yet. You're not ready for this level until this level gets glorious. If you go to that level without this level getting glorious, you might die. Because some stuff you got to deal with on this level and sacrifice on this level and embrace on this level, you got to fix this stuff on this level. Are you all with me? So we can shout about, I'm ready for the next level, take me to the next level. we got to fix this level first. I wrote down three questions for you. If you're a note taker, write this question down. First question is, have I completed the assignments the Lord has given me right now? Have I completed these assignments the Lord has given me right now? You can take a picture if you want to. You don't have to write it down. It's on the screen. There are some assignments in this season of our lives, this phase of our lives, that God has given us, assigned us, taught to us about, told us about, and God wants us to finish those assignments right now. I can't answer this for you, but maybe you could look at your life. Have you ever, sometimes I get the king of this. Um, I, I, I always appreciate those of you who get really focused in and you like, you start a task, you stick to it, you finish it, and you finish it well. Sometimes I do that and I feel like the greatest achiever ever. But then there's a, those other tasks I start on, I'm like, oh, we're going we're gonna to remodel this room. We're going to repay. We're going to redo this. And I start in on it. I tear stuff apart. I start working on it. And I get into like, this is not fun anymore. This is not what I don't want to do. This. I don't you ever have a few, a few unfinished projects in your house? Come on, let me see that hand. Well, the rest of you are just a bunch of overachievers. But for the rest of us, sometimes... But have you ever noticed what happens with those sort of things is you get a little frustrated. You start to feel a little overwhelmed. And there's been a few things. We just had a really busy fall just with, with a lot of things. And we were just looking going into the new year and we're like, we've got to go back and finish up a few projects, clean out a few rooms, just do a, a few things if we really want to go into, because we're trying to run into a new year with new ambition or new, new, new progress or new energy, but yet we're staring at this room that needs cleaned out or this, this that needs fixed or that that needs removed or this that needs, are you with me? So what happens is you need to back up. Thank God that God's a great redeemer of time and say, God, what are these assignments that you gave me that I did not finish? Because if you go back and let God help you finish, and he has this amazing way of helping you speed up and finish those things, now that assignment's over, you're not frustrated with it, you're not overwhelmed, and guess what? You can start to be ready to elevate to the next level. So I could come in here today and shout about the glory and say, the glory of God wants to be revealed in you, keep staring at the word, keep changing, but what are some of the assignments that still need completed. Here's the second question that will pop up on the screen. Question number two is this. Have I complied with everything the Lord told me to do right now? Have I finished this? But have I complied? How many know there's a difference between you're really compliant and when you're not so compliant? In other words, has God told you to do something and you haven't finished it yet? It may not have been an assignment. It may be something on the inside of you. In other words, God, you, you started talking to me about my attitude in 2021, and I just haven't been compliant with it, but I'm going to the next level. You're not going to the next level with last year's attitude. And you can't go to the next season, the next level of glory with 2021's faith. 
You need a, you need a new level of faith in, in 2020. Are y'all with me? Now, don't, don't get discouraged to say, I'm throwing in the, the towel. I'm just going to, I don't want the glory this year. I'm going back to last year. This is going to be the year of the Spirit. No. Here's what you need to do is say, God, show me. Show me. Show me, God. Here's the last question. Have I conformed to all he wants me to right now? Have I completed? Have I complied? And have I conformed? Let, let, let's, let, let's get real real for a moment. What, what might this look like? Well, maybe in your life and my life, what makes the level I'm on right now, the stage I'm at right now, the degree where I'm at right now, what could be the difference is me letting God alter my attitude. And don't look around. What if it's your attitude God needs to alter and change? What if it's not someone else's? Because an attitude adjustment could make your current level glorious. Have you just had your perspective change one, at one moment? You just let God, you go to God complaining about everything and you just open your heart and God says, you need an attitude adjustment on that. And if you let God do it, how many know sometimes it just changes everything? You walk out going, I see clearly now. It was like putting those spiritual goggles on. He, God removed the blinders. You put the spiritual goggles on. You keep staring in the Word. He deals with some attitude in your life, and you make an adjustment. And guess what? You walk out of his presence with a different perspective. Now you're ready to go, guess what, to the next level of glory. Well, maybe it's not an attitude. Maybe... Maybe there's a habit, a sin, something you've embraced in your life, something you keep allowing in your life, and you really need to go to God and repent over it instead of making excuses for it, instead of defending it. Go to God and say, God, I repent of this. I need you to help me. You know what happens every time that there's a repentance in your life? Now you're ready to do what? Elevate a sin to the next level. I mean really repent. Not like, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm remorseful for this. I repent. Repent means you turn from something and you turn to God. Maybe it's not something you would consider just grossly sinful. Maybe it's some habits. Just some habits. Habits are those things that we just do. We don't even have to think about them. And maybe some of those habits are keeping you on one level of glory. And God says, we need to lay those habits down for a new level of glory. Are y'all hearing me? Am I preaching to the right group this morning? Maybe somewhere in that, what makes one level of, glo of, of glory become glorious is something you become bitter over. Something you become toxic over. And really what God wants you to do is to forgive and to really release that thing by faith to God so this level gets glorious and now he can elevate you to, you can't go to the next level holding on to unforgiveness from the other level. Maybe it's a belief thing. Maybe you've been real religious because of some way that you grew up and you believe some things that were very religious and you've been full of unbelief over some things. And really what you need to do is embrace by, by faith revelation about who God says you are. Now you're ready for the next level. Maybe you've been staring at you instead of the word of God. And the moment you make that shift, guess what? It makes the level you're on glorious right now. And God's not going to take you from, from A to Z, but he may take you from A to B, A to C, A to C, from degree, degree, degree. Are you all with me? I want God 
to take me to the next level. I want to go to the next level, the next degree of glory. The next, think about this. What does glory mean? It means a tidal wave of everything that God is and everything that God has. It's a manifestation of the goodness and the greatness of God. And if you have been on one level and you have seen a level of the goodness and greatness of God, you have seen a level of all God is and all God has, guess what? Wouldn't it be worth making an attitude adjustment? Wouldn't it be worth releasing someone and forgiving it? Wouldn't it be worth repenting? Wouldn't it be worth breaking an old habit so you could go to another degree of glory? Because there was one degree of glory, but the next degree of glory is a greater degree of glory of the goodness of God of the greatness of God, of all that God is and all that God has. If you thought level one was good, wait, baby, do you get to level two? It would be worth me repenting. It would be worth me forgiving. It would be worth me laying down my opinions. It would be worth me adjusting some attitude. It would be worth me taking my habits and saying, God, I don't want my habits or opinions. feel the need, if you guys could put that scripture up one more time, how about we stand to our feet? Y'all get something good out of that this morning? I told you it was going to take me all month to teach this glory thing, so we, we get it in us. But he, he wants to reveal it, his glory, but he wants to reveal his glory to you, but man, he wants to reveal it in you. And I want, I want to read, I use this version, this translation of this scripture for a reason, because it amplifies these words. But... The word but interrupts a flow of thought or a flow of sentences. You can have a flow of thought or sentences or beliefs, and the moment you say but, it's contradicting something. We could say something like this, you, you know, you have really messed up, you have really failed, but God's forgiving. We could say you have really been sick and broke and not well, but God's a healer. We could say that you, you, you've experienced poverty, but God wants you to prosper. Aren't you glad that the, the scripture, it, it sounds weird, but there are these buts in scripture. You think this of yourself, but God said. You feel like this, but God said. You've experienced this, but God said. I'm glad the word but is there because it changes the flow and the direction that you've been moving in. But whenever a person turns, in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off, the spiritual blinders are taken away. You used to be blind, but now you see. So, but, because there was a but, verse 17 gives you a now. But this, so now. So now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord, where's the Spirit of the Lord? Over your life, in your heart. But now where the Spirit of the Lord is, look what it says. There is liberty. There's emancipation uh, from bondage. There is freedom. You can see now. You can. I joked about the glasses. Maybe God put that together. I don't know. I forgot them in my car. But now you can see clearly. Listen to me. Now you have the capacity to look into the words of God written about you and embrace it, your freedom. You couldn't embrace it before because your spirit was dead. You had blinders on. They've been removed. You, you, your spirit's alive. Now you can look into the word of God and say, that's not what someone said about me. God said something different. They said I wasn't this. He says I am. They said I couldn't. He said I can. They said you won't. He says I will. But now and 
That needs to be on your mouth all day long. But now and, but now and, but now and all of us who've had our faces unveiled because we keep looking into the Word of God. It's like a mirror. Ancient mirrors were not like ours. They had to be polished and polished to see, and you had to look at it from different angles. To get it. So you've got to look at life through a different angle. It's called the words of Jesus. It's called the Word of God. And you'll be constantly transfigured into His own image in every increasing splendor, and you will go from one degree of glory to another, to another, to another. That's our heart cry for you. That's our prayer for you. That you keep going glory to glory to glory. You keep looking into the word. You keep hearing this message and saying amen. You keep looking and saying, I'll take what Jesus said. I'll say it over my life. I'll say it over my kids. I'll say it over my marriage. I'll say it over my business. I'll say it over my body. I'll say it over my mind. I'll say it over my heart. I'll say it over my church. Quit calling it like you see it and call it like he said it. That's what we need to do. But, but before, before we, 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 need to, we need to say this morning, God, show us. As we worship, show us if there's some areas I haven't complied with you on. Show us if there's some areas, some assignments I haven't completed. God, show us if there's some areas that you've asked me to change that I haven't changed, that I haven't given to you, that I haven't surrendered to you. Show me what I still need to do. Maybe you were supposed to do something for someone, bless somebody. Maybe there's a forgiveness that needs to go out, repentance that needs to occur. Something that God, you know, will speak to you about right now. And when he speaks it, be faithful to do it. And the Bible says this, obedience demands the blessing of God. What that means is every time you obey what God whispers to you, God follows it up with a blessing. When I sow my offering, God blesses it. When I speak the word of God, God blesses it. When I repent, God blesses. When I forgive, God blesses. That's how it works. Obedience brings the blessing. The blessing happens on different levels as you keep ascending and ascending. We're going to sing together, but while we're singing, I want you to do a heart evaluation this morning, a heart estimation this morning. Say, God, show me. Show me if I didn't finish an assignment. Show me if, 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 if that needs altered. Show me, God, so you can take me to the next level in 2022 as we worship. That's right.